Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Donation Station. Coming at you live from sunny San Diego, it's me, Lucky Licko, alongside... Junkie Jam. And we're going to be recapping this week's best picks and letting you know how to make some money going forward. Last week was our third episode, and we went 3-3, and caught a bad break on Stanford... Utah had a backdoor cover. James, what were your thoughts on that one? Uh, I thought Stanford really ran the tables on that one uh, from the beginning. I thought Bryce Bryce Love came out, did what he had to do. Um, Utah yeah. had that stout rush defense, uh, but they hadn't played versus a running back like Bryce, Bryce Love up until that. And uh, did what he had to do, but they let up in the end. Yeah, I know. I saw that too, and I think that Stanford pretty much dominated that game and got it down to the end, and I think they probably had a two-score lead and just let uh, Utah get in there and get that backdoor cover and got out of there with the win. So uh, sometimes that's what you get when you got to, like we talked about a little bit last week, with SDSU and a running team, they'll uh, burn some clock and maybe not take a, not put up more points because they know that they can control it, the flow of the game. So, you know, it's all good. We, we, thought we saw the value in there. Um, and hopefully you guys didn't get burned too hard. Um, another pick that we had that was a good underdog pick um, in college football was NC State. That was Thursday night. That was a easy cash game, easy cover, easy money line. Um, that was a strong, strong pick. I, I know I had it. That's a heavy play for myself. And I took them with the points. They're plus four and money line. So... That was good. Um, third pick of the of Saturday of a NCAA slate was K State, Kansas State versus Texas. Um, they were plus four and a half. It closed at plus six and a half, but when we gave it out, it was plus four and a half. Yeah, when we gave it out on Thursday, it was plus four and a half. It closed at six and a half, like James said. They lost by six, so they didn't cover um, the line that we gave. Anyway, we gave it out money line, so. We can't really uh, claim the line line trick or line movement on that one. Um, they, they played really well. It's just uh, like I pointed out on last week's podcast. Um, if Ertz was their their quarterback, if Ertz wasn't able to run around like he had been doing in uh, previous games, basically this whole season, then they wouldn't have a chance. But if he was able to run around, um, which is where Texas struggles to stop uh, rushing quarterbacks, same. Uh, same with when they played Maryland, then they would have a tough time coming away with the win. Um, he wasn't able to to be as mobile this game. Texas was able to close out and pull this one out in overtime, forty to thirty-four. Definitely, definitely, I saw that too. And you did mention that last week that if their quarterback was able to to get moving, get get out of the pocket, and get gain yards downfield, that Texas would be playing catch up the whole game. But they were able to contain him, and they were able to hold on to get a victory. Um, a game we talked about last week, and we liked the over was the Michigan Michigan State game. Now, obviously, that was a big upset, probably the upset of the week. Um, if anybody, uh, second upset of the week behind uh, Iowa State. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess the second biggest upset with Iowa State taking on Oklahoma, but I guess a pretty big upset with Michigan going down. Um, obviously, you know they did not cover the over. The over was forty. The total was um, 24 between the two scores. Michigan State winning 14-10. to 10. The closing line was 12.5 in that game. And 
uh, 12 and a half when we gave when we talked about it on Wednesday it was 12 and Michigan did not play like a number seven team we do know that there was if you watched the game there was heavy rainfall the weather was uh, torrential and so uh, it was tough and if you saw the game early it looked like Michigan was gonna dominate they uh, were able to go right down the field and get an opening field goal they stopped them right after that and then what happened really is there was a fumble Michigan running back fumbled the ball and Michigan State recovered and it seemed like Michigan never recovered from that from that miscue. Yeah, I think they turned the ball over uh, four, four or five times. Five turnovers that game. O'Corn had uh, three interceptions. Yep. And it seemed in the second half, I mean, you looked at the second half of the game and Michigan was defense stopped them. I don't think they had they didn't score at all, second half. They, they didn't score at all. And if you look at maybe like the drive summary or or something like that on ESPN, you'll be able to see that I don't think they – think they maybe got one first down the second half. If you look at it, um, end of the second quarter, third quarter, three plays punt, three plays punt, three plays punt, three plays punt, four plays fumble, three plays punt, three plays punt. The second to last drive of the game – they pretty much almost iced it. They got eight plays. So their first first down of the second half came in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. Michigan defense is no joke. It's just their offense is struggling. Yep. Like, uh, in every game this season, they've started out really slow first half. Uh, I think they've been down or it's been a close game by the start of the third quarter in every single game this season for Michigan. Definitely, and I mean, Michigan's getting a lot of criticism as to not being a top team. Um, they fall to number 15 in the rankings this week, and Michigan State actually climbs to be ranked number 21. Um, going forward this week, I think Michigan's playing Indiana. Um, they're seven-point favorites on the road, and Michigan State's playing Minnesota in Minnesota, and they're four-point favorites on the road. James, you got any feelings about those games? Um, I, I would think uh, Michigan needs to come out and basically dominate that game at Indiana. Um, honestly, I think they should have dropped to below 15 after that loss to Michigan. Uh, Michigan was un- or Michigan State. Michigan State was unranked. Um, instead of them dropping that far, they brought up Michigan State to number 21 from being unranked. Right. Um, but seven-point spread on the road in, Indi- <clears throat> in Indiana – Indiana, uh, they they have struggled versus Indiana in the past. Um, Indiana's been somewhat of a good team this year. I mean, they've, they've gotten the job done in most games. Uh, I think they're three three and two right now. Yeah, I, I would two. think I would think Michigan comes out and just lays a beat down from the beginning in this one. I mean, you have to expect that they do something like that. I mean, with that that weak showing. They can't. Uh, they can't take anything for granted. So they have to play well from the start. So hopefully, you know, for Michigan's sake and people who are Michigan fans, they come out. It's a 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff on ABC. Um, seven point favorites. We're not leaning any particular way, but we do think that Michigan has to come out and cover. Um, They've started slow in every single game. I think this is one issue they addressed this week. They come out firing first half. They blow Indiana right out of the water right in the beginning. Um, they can't come out and play slow 
like they have every single week this season. They they have to they have to come out and let Indiana know who's their daddy. Maybe they you take them first half. First half, yeah, I think that'll be money. That should be a four four and a half point spread. Yeah, it should be something like that. <clears throat> four four and a half. You know, a seven point game. Four and a half point. Uh, four and a half point half. So should be good. But um, we're not leaning any particular way. Let's get into um, another game we watched over this past week: Louisville, NC State. We talked about it. NC State was our pick last week. Louisville was a uh, number seventeen team in the country, and they never looked they never looked in sync the whole game. James, um, the thing from the opening kickoff, NC State was able to control the line of scrimmage, run the ball at will, control the clock, and, and gain yards. And um, you saw it in the the first quarter where they pretty much didn't let Louisville get anything going. And then the second quarter, they they took the lead and, and never turned, never looked back. Um, yeah, it was basically a runaway after that. <clears throat> after they came out at halftime, um, actually even in that second quarter, uh, that's when NC State kind of started pulling away. Yeah, I mean NC State scored first. They they opened the game with they started a touchdown. Louisville came back touchdown. You know, then kind of NC State started to wear down Louisville. They got the ball back, field goal, three and out for Louisville, NC State touchdown. You know, Louisville had a chance at the end of half to get some points. Um, and so they were able to get that field goal. So that did end end the half on a positive note for Louisville. And to start the uh, to start the second half. NC State gets the ball. They go down the field. They miss a field goal. But then NC State or Louisville isn't able to capitalize on the NC State miss field goal. Um, touchdowns kind of swapped the rest of the way, and it never really looked like uh, Louisville had a chance. I mean, they had a chance towards the end of the game, about a minute left. Um, they were up seven. NC State was up seven. They punt them the ball, but Lamar Jackson throws a pick six. And the game is pretty much out of hand. And that pretty much has to put an end to his uh, Heisman hopes, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lamar Jackson's still a baller, but he's not what he was last year when he's this fresh face in the in NCAA. Nobody knows how to contain him. Knows, nobody knows how to stop him. He's still, he still got his this game. I mean, he, th- yeah. he had three touchdowns, but they shut down the rest of Louisville. Lamar Jackson... Scored, guy, guy is working, but the rest of the yeah. team didn't seem to be sinking well. They kept him in the pocket, it seemed like, and they made him beat him over the air. And it seemed like when the plays broke down, the receivers weren't able to get open, and Lamar Jackson either got sacked or um, wasn't able to make a big play. Yeah, and, and more than just uh, Louisville not being able to make big plays, NC State looks real good as a team. All those returning starters from last year seem to be flowing real well. They have, they have a couple big wins under their belt this year so far. Um, they beat FSU. They beat Louisville. Um, who else have they beat this season? FSU, Louisville. FSU, Louisville. Their only loss comes to South Carolina uh, first game first of the season. Game, yep. South Carolina, um, they just maybe caught them off guard. They were just getting started. To know a little bit about just um, NC State going forward, though we're big on them, um, and we do think that they're a really good team. I'll say this. They're at the road playing a very bad Pittsburgh team. 
only favored by 12. Um, I look at this as a bit of a trap game for him, simply because after this game, um, after the pit game, they're playing Notre Dame, number 16 ranked Notre Dame team, and then they're playing uh, Clemson, the number two ranked Clemson team. So they could definitely be looking ahead to yeah. those games, saying, oh, we could beat them, we could uh, get those. Yeah, and I think uh, last time they had a 12-point spread was against uh, Syracuse. Yeah, they didn't we cover. Know, we all know how that, that ended. So I don't think they lose, but I definitely don't think that they cover against Pittsburgh. Um, again, we don't like it as a lock, but there's some insight into the scheduling and what's to come down the road. So um, the last game we want to review from last week is the SDSU-UNLV game. I think, Jam, you were there in, in person, right? Yeah, yeah. In the how was it? So how was Vegas? Tell us it Vegas was, the vibe. It was actually pretty live. Um, it's a good showing, good good crowd support. Um, it was pretty emotional showing. Um, you know, we had the special stickers made for the home. It's uh, yeah. in honor of all the, the victims in, in that uh, Vegas massacre. Um, it's a really good crowd. UNLV definitely came out uh, emotionally fired. Uh, even SDSU seemed to have some emotion under them um, with with the events uh, that happened. Yeah, I mean, first quarter, it looked like they shut down. Uh, I mean, SDSU, they kind of were kept in check by uh, UNLV. Yeah, it was, it was really, really close first quarter. Um, you wouldn't have thought that UNLV was a bad school watching them that first quarter. Yeah, I mean... Then after that, uh, it seemed like they kind of started to slowly snap back into reality. Um, Rashad Penny, he started... Actually, that first quarter... Um, they, the SCSU drove down to the one-yard line. Shot Penny had a crucial fumble down at the goal line. Yeah. So there was a fumble at the goal line. UNLV gets it, punts it back. They don't even get their first points on the board until three minutes. Or sorry, about six minutes into the game. Um, and then, yeah, then what's it called? Uh, UNLV swaps back with a field goal. But it just seemed like after the first half, after the emotion wore off, um, set halfway through the second quarter, SDSU just was able to dominate, right? Yeah, SDSU was by far the better team. Um, the only thing that kept UNLV in it in the beginning was the emotion, and I I assume that's why the line was bet down. Um, better thought UNLV would come out fired up, uh, basically playing it for Vegas. No, for sure. And I mean, sometimes we even may have mentioned it last week that we thought the line seemed kind of low and we justified it with, you know, we don't know how how UNLV will come out. So looking at this week's matchups, let's start off with talking um, Utah State, Wyoming. This is one James and I really uh, feel strongly about, that uh, Utah State uh, only favored by two and a half at home versus a Wyoming team that's really seeming to underperform. Um, Good old Mountain West showdown. A Mountain West showdown. It's uh, it'll be a good game. We really like Utah State in this game uh, to cover the two and a half points. Uh, Wyoming's quarterback Josh Allen is really under underperforming and underplaying, but he still has heavy name recognition, and people people I think still will be betting on Wyoming to cover. He's kind of will get that public love, so we think that. You fade them on the road in Utah State. It's a 1.30 kickoff Pacific time, so we don't think weather will be too big of a factor. 
Um, but we do think that Utah State should be able to dominate that game. It might um, not be a blowout, but they'll definitely come away with that W. Um, Wyoming is coming off a solid season in Mountain West. Uh, I think they they handed SDSU, uh, was it their only loss? Or one of their one two of their losses. losses. One of their two losses. Last SDSU season. lost three times last season. One of their three losses. I think one was South Alabama, other one Wyoming, and then... Uh, can't recall who the third one was. Colorado State last Colorado year. State. But, um, yeah, so they handed SDSU a lot last year. They, I think, ended close to being um, ranked in the top 25 last season. They have Josh Allen, who's probably one of the better prospects for the NFL as a quarterback. People thought that he would be good. He has big arm. He's a big name, like we're saying. So, uh could do that and so that's why we're leaning Utah State in this matchup I expect this line to be uh, to probably drop so um, if you wanted to wait on it I think it would be uh, better get around to to a minus two minus one and a half maybe or I mean I guess you don't know but if if you see it go to three and a half jump on it right away Make sure you buy that half point, though. You don't want to get boned like we did with uh, Stanford this past weekend. Yeah, get that by the hook. But, yeah, if you see it go to three and a half, jump on it um, because it could be getting heavy reverse line shift. I don't see that, the public being on Utah State. Um, the next matchup that we like is Miami, minus six over Georgia Tech. Um, you know, Georgia Tech runs that triple option uh, offense. Miami seems to have a good or Miami has a high powered offense that could go over the top um, and a prop and a good run defense as they were able to show versus Duke earlier this season and hold yeah, their uh, running back in Rosier's check. got a got an arm on him that guy's been been balling uh, yeah quarterback for Miami Miami's quarterback has been balling he's been playing well had that last minute last second touchdown to beat Florida State last week I mean they were really trailing that whole game and he drove him down the field to score. So, what, Jam? You provide us any insight on this this matchup? Uh, I think I think uh, Miami. My, since Georgia Tech has a similar play style to Duke, and we saw how Miami dominated Duke a couple weeks back in Duke. Uh, this one's in Miami. I can see Miami coming out, shutting down Georgia Tech's run-heavy offense, and just being able to pound them from the beginning. Should be able to run away with this one easily. Okay. If you can, there. I think there's six minus six right now. If you can get a minus thirteen. Wow, James saying take the pleaser on the uh, on the old Miami Hurricanes. So we have so far Utah State minus two and a half and Miami minus six, both college football picks. Third and final college football matchup of the week we'd like to discuss is Memphis minus three and a half over Navy. Um, Navy, the team that's number 25 ranked in the country. Memphis is unranked. They're coming off a huge win over Connecticut. I mean, not a huge win in terms of notoriety, but a huge win in terms of points. I think they put up 70 that game. I think uh, Navy also put up 40-45 uh, against uh, – actually, 45 or 48 against the Air Force. Yeah, Navy played well versus Air Force. We definitely see this game going Memphis's way. Memphis has a high-powered um, the passing attack. 
their defense isn't all that, but we don't think my or Navy's defense will be able to stop Memphis at all. And yeah, and the thing about that is, if Memphis pulls out ahead and is able to get on the board first, Navy could have a tough time uh, playing catch up with that run heavy offense. Um, Memphis is able to shut them down. They get a couple touchdown lead. There's no way Navy should be able to, to claw back from that. Definitely. Definitely. So we really like Memphis in this matchup. Really like the over two, depending on where you'll get it at. Um, you know, we're seeing it right now, 74. Um, could end up being as high as uh, 77 or maybe even 80. Um, if it's in the 70s, in the low 70s, under 75, I think you should take it. I think there's definite value at that level. Uh, Memphis should be able to put up in the 40s at least. Right. I think you're looking at a 45, 50, 50 to 30 point. You know, 55 from Memphis, 30 from Navy. Something in those lines. So uh, I think that's what you should be looking forward to. Uh, so those are our three college picks. Utah, Miami, Memphis, all with the points. If you want to add in the Memphis over, go right ahead. Uh, we want to put a couple teams, though, on uh, upset alert. Um, James, you want to go first? What's your upset alert this week for college Putting football? Washington State on upset alert, playing a terrible Cal team. Conference what? game uh, in in Cal. Um, Washington State has been dominating teams. Cal, not so much. They started, uh, they started the season doing really well, and then it seems like after they played that tough game with USC, they're... They just kind of started to fall apart. Um, last week, uh, they tried. To, I don't know if anybody if anybody caught it, but they were down thirty one playing Washington. Um, spread was twenty eight and a half. As time is running down, they call timeout with one second left to try to attempt a field goal just to cover, just to cover the spread. Snap goes through the holder's hands, then they screw that up. Um, so I think they're definitely aware of these spreads. There's. Some shady business going on with them. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull out this upset this week. All right. James is calling it right now. Going uh, uh, Washington State upset by Cal. I'm going to put Auburn on upset alert. Auburn Ooh. favored by six. They're the number, you know, 12 team in the country. 11, 12 team in the country. They're playing LSU on the road. LSU kind of coming off that, that upset to, from Troy. A couple of weeks ago, just had a big win in Florida. Um, I could definitely see them stepping up and playing a big game versus Auburn and getting themselves back in the top 25. I could I could see that happening just because uh, the main reason that that Troy upset happened with LSU is because they have one of the nastiest defensive fronts in all NCAA. Auburn doesn't have that, so LSU will be able to play their game. Um, I think that line when it was made is uh, taking into account that the LSU upset when they played Troy, um, but they're not taking into account that Troy has a better defense than Auburn. Uh, of course, Auburn has a better offense, but LSU's defense has been playing well the last couple weeks, actually this whole season. Yeah, LSU is a strong down. defense for sure, and that's why I think they're going to come through and they're going to pull up that upset. They're six-point dogs at home. Um, underdogs at home, I think, are... Sometimes trap lines, but I think that SEC matchup, LSU has to win. Kind of everything from here on out is a must win for LSU, given that they already have two losses. 
expect them to play well. Even if they do lose, they may lose by a field goal or something late. Yeah. Um, one one more team uh, like to kind of not really put on upset alert, um, but just to, it it could happen. Kansas, a terrible team, playing <laughs> Iowa State, twenty one point dogs. Don't do it. We talked about this in the pre show meeting, James. This is- Iowa State coming off a huge thirty and a half point upset. One of the one I think the second biggest upset for uh, for Oklahoma ever. Um, Iowa State started their their freshman quarterback went with the new quarterback and he was able to catch uh, catch Oklahoma by surprise. Uh, he did come out and ball really well. Um, they're playing Kansas, who was supposed to be a good team this year. Kansas has been getting Kansas shat on shit. by every single team this year, which is why I think Iowa State comes out kind of has uh, kind of has their huge upset hangover. They come out sleeping on Kansas. Uh, Maybe Kansas won't come away with the victory, but I don't think Iowa State blows them out. All right. Well, you heard it. James giving you the extra sleeper lock. Kansas trash team. If you want to donate your money, go ahead and put them on Kansas. When we come back, we'll be talking about the NFL picks from last week that we had and what we feel our NFL picks for next week are. Welcome back, fam. We're coming at you now to talk our NFL picks for week six, is it? Uh, how much of a fake capper I am. I guess I don't even know <laughs> what week, week we are. Six. We're week six for sure. Let's recap our week five picks. Um, we like the under. We mentioned we'd like the under in the, uh, Tampa, the Thursday night game. Under in the Patriots. Under in the Patriots. Uh, definitely was an under. Uh, so it hit. It's the Patriots money line because it would be close, which it was a close finish. Right, and Patriots should have lost. I mean, you get three missed field goals, you only win the game by five. A lot of teams should have lost this year if it was up to the kicker. <laughs> but, I mean, a win's a win, and you'll take it. So, we had that. Um, obviously, we had had it right. We said that everyone was talking about that over, and that over was set so high that uh, the under seemed very obvious. So, we took that. Um, New England bounced back from their loss to... Uh, Carolina to get a win versus Tampa Bay. So that was a kind of an easy matchup for us. We started off the week 2-0. Then we go to Cincinnati at the Bills, or versus the Bills. Um, we had both, we said we'd like Cincinnati minus three. They won the game by four. Uh, kind of a close game, kind of a, a little bit of a nail-biter, given that it was pretty much a one-possession game the whole time. And uh, Cincinnati never pulled ahead. And there's actually tied going in at half, so... There's that. Um, we like the Giants over the Chargers. Um, Giants just were falling apart in that game. They were. They lost their top four receivers. You had yeah. Marshall go down. You had Wayne Harris, uh, Odell Beckham out for the season, right? And Brandon Marshall out for the season. Ooh. So their top two receivers. Shepard also took a hit that game, too. Shepard, yeah. I don't know. If he's he, coming back this week. He's coming back. He couldn't even put weight on his foot. Yeah, I think he's supposed to come back this week. Um, but he, he has to. It's either him or they signed Terrell Owens or uh, Ocho Cinco. I think they got to call Ocho Cinco. Um, they, they, get him. they tweeted trying to trying to get a tryout. <laughs> Ocho Cinco treated? Uh, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens could probably still play. I bet you Terrell Owens... If get, Brandon Marshall could still play. Either room could still play. Yeah, for sure. But because, I mean, technically, if you saw the end of that game... 
Giants had nobody left to throw the ball to and playing their number two and three tight ends as right. receivers. They're playing backup tight ends as receivers. Like Manning's trying to tell them the routes. Uh, Chargers were able to hold on and uh, squeak out that victory. Uh, we like the Rams over Seattle. Obviously, Seattle held on for a big comp- division win. Um, the Rams are like a, a tricky team. They're kind of uh, the record is good. They're in a tough division. They have some good upsets, but it seems like they can't get. You can't trust them yet. You can't trust them, and I don't know if you want to trust them with your money going forward. Yeah, their defense is on and off. Uh, their offense is on. Well, this is. I think this is the first week their offense has been off. Um, aside from this week, their offense has been rolling. Definitely. And Seattle's defense hasn't been the, the defense that we're used to. Yeah, I mean, but like you said, sometimes their defense isn't what they what it was, and they step up. So looking at this week's matchups, James, let's start off with our Thursday night game. Um, Panthers versus Eagles. What are your thoughts on that game? The Panthers are rolling. I mean, the Eagles are rolling too, but the Panthers are coming off of a couple of huge wins back-to-back, starting with the, the Patriots. Um, I think three weeks ago they lost to the Saints. They got manhandled by the Saints. They got destroyed. That wasn't even close. Then they come back the following week and just give it to the Patriots. Um, then last week they they pull out a huge win versus the, the Lions. They almost let that one go in the end. But they were able to hold on. Definitely. So, yeah, the Panthers um, played played well in the last two weeks. They've taken over the games. Beating uh, they beat the uh, Lions, which are a, a top team, and they beat the um, last week. They beat the Lions, and the week before they beat the uh, the Patriots, which are two top teams. But I mean, the Eagles have been rolling. They they've uh, they played the Chiefs well. They only lost to the Chiefs by a touchdown, and their other four wins were kind of uh, kind of easy wins for them. I mean, yeah, and they they blew out the Cardinals last week. Cardinals yeah, the curb no stomped them, so it wasn't even close. So. Um, with that game, who do you, you take in Carolina with the points? Uh, I can see it being a close one. I, mean, I like Carolina with the points, but I'd go money line to be safe. What are your thoughts on that over? Uh, I can see this being a defensive battle. Defensive struggle? So Defensive struggle. We're not really sure on uh, whether to take the Panthers or the Eagles. We're going to stick, but if you do take something, take the Panthers money line. And defensive struggle leads to it potentially being an under. Yeah, so I mean, they, they both got some high-powered offenses that can put up numbers, but usually in these kind of matchups um, where they both have defenses capable mm-hmm. of shutting down the opponent, um, you'd expect a low-scoring matchup, maybe a, not really low-scoring, maybe like 21-17, 24-20, uh, something along those lines. So if it does go under, it could squeak by. If the Panthers win, they could squeak by. Uh, yeah, it should be close to both over, under, and uh, the I mean, spread. it is worth to note, though, that both teams' offenses are, are zipping. Cam's been playing really well. I think they put up, you know, three, four touchdowns in each of their last three games. Um, and Philadelphia's been putting up over, you know, 24 points a game, it seems. Yeah. Uh, even, they, they even when they struggle against the, the Giants a couple weeks back, though. The Eagles? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they they still... I yeah, think, I mean, they were up big, and then they let the Giants come back in that game, though. Yeah, but I mean, as far as their offensive their offensive uh, movement goes, they, they didn't score that much that game. Um, they didn't move the ball too well that game, but they were also dealing with a lot of key uh, key injuries on defense. Uh, 
probably led to Giants having longer drives, keeping the ball out of the Eagles' hands. But mm-hmm. Wentz has been balling this year. That guy's a baller. Definitely Wentz is a baller. I mean, they're, they're scoring 27.4 points a game, are the Eagles. So they're definitely putting up points in their matchup. So, like you said, it could be close. Um, sometimes you have to go with your gut, and if you're thinking your gut says it's going to be defensive, roll defensive. Getting into Sunday's matchups, <clears throat> let's talk Pittsburgh versus the Chiefs. What are your thoughts on that matchup, James? Putting the Chiefs on upset alert. You're putting the Chiefs, so the undefeated Chiefs playing the uh, struggling, the struggling Pittsburgh Steelers. That last did not open at, at minus four. <coughs> I would have the Chiefs open as a as minus seven, minus eight. I know. Yeah, the Chiefs opening as. Just four-point favorites is definitely fishy. But, I mean, that line is already kind of moving a little bit, right? I, mean, uh, I think it's moving down towards towards the Steelers already. Oh, no, is actually, it? No. Uh, towards the Chiefs, I would say. I mean, it opened at four. You have 56% of the bets right now per wager talk on um, Kansas City, and the line's going to five. But on uh, Bovada, it's still it's holding at five on uh Pinnacle bookmaker. Bovada's a very public book. If Bovada's at five, everybody else is at four, four and a half. That's yeah. Crazy. So I mean, it's moving towards uh, Kansas City, but they're also getting all the bets. Uh, this is a rematch of the playoff game last year. Um, I think it was the uh, divisional round, which the Chiefs won, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, the Steelers won. Steelers won. Yeah. The Steelers won kind of at the end. So, I mean, you could have a little revenge matchup where it seems like the team that loses in the playoffs comes back and gets a win. Chiefs are rolling. Chiefs are rolling. They, I mean, they I don't know. They destroyed the Houston Texans last week. I definitely like the uh, Chiefs in this game, James. I had thought at first that uh, I was going to ride with you, but I like the Chiefs. Uh, I would just assume that the Steelers, uh, who opened the season as one of the Super Bowl favorites, should get it together. I think it's since that one game where they had that national anthem controversy and uh, they stayed in the locker room. They've kind of fallen apart. True. Uh, they lost to the Bears that week. Then last week get manhandled by the by the Steelers or by, no, by the Steelers by the by the Jaguars. Um, Kansas City has a heavy rush offense, and they also have uh, Alex Smith, who's a very accurate and uh, mobile quarterback. A lot of people forget that Alex Smith can run. Um, Steelers have a one. Of, they should have one of the top defenses. I think they get it together this week. Big Ben, uh, Big Ben, and Antonio Brown uh, kind of regain their connection. Le'Veon Bell gets going. I'll All right, Steelers James, pulling this one out. All right, we're gonna ride with you on the donation station, even though I pro- I'm in I'm in a slight protest, but we're gonna give it out as a pick in our parlay this week. Pittsburgh plus four and a half. Money line. We'll put a taste. We'll start putting together a little money line action pit. I think they're plus one eighty right now. Yeah, plus one eighty. All right. Um, what about Jacksonville versus the Rams? The Rams are like we talked about last week. They had a chance to prove themselves and take control of their division. They didn't against Seattle. Now they're coming back. They're going on the road to play Jacksonville, which really dominated uh, Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, uh, they dominated Pittsburgh. They dominated. Uh they dominated Houston week one. They dominated uh, Ravens uh, in London. 
Jacksonville has yet to win a home game this year. I think they're 0-1 at home. Um, I would think this is a game they have to pull away with at home. Definitely, I think that Jacksonville, the line currently is a, is a Jacksonville minus three. It opened at a pick em with a majority of the bets going the Rams' side. So um, definitely heavy reverse line movement on that, which solidifies Jacksonville as being a, a good pick. So the n- second one in our uh, NFL parlay is Jacksonville minus three. As far as the total on that one, uh, I think it's at 43 right now. you got two of the most physical backs in the game, getting Gurley and Fournette uh, going at it. But also two of the... Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and put Jacksonville as one of the more powerful offenses in the league. Um, once Bortles, get, Bortles gets it going, of course. Um, I think the Bortles-Fournette combo, uh, along with the, the receiving core, I don't know if... Uh, is it is uh, Hearns back this week? I think so. Yeah, her earns should be good. I think it's Allen Robinson that's still kind of shaky. That that whole receiving core has been a little shaky this year. It's definitely not what it was last year. But I think they, uh, I think they're able to to run that Rams defense. Well, I mean, I definitely think if you look at you know two strong running backs, they're going to be able to uh, to pound him, pound the defensive lines, and you know it'll be a game in the trenches. Definitely leaning first half under. But I think in the long term of the game, the defenses will get worn down from having to uh, chase down these running backs. And then the game will open up, and you'll definitely have more passing as the game goes. So I'm pushing it. uh, Definitely think that you're going to push this game into the over. Yeah, I I would think so. I think in a game like this with two two tough running backs, uh, you'd expect a really physical ground game. But if you're a smart offense coordinator, you look into the other defense's weaknesses. Uh, you're able yeah. to use play to action pass, play action pass, some some key mismatches. Uh, Rams will both both defenses will come out expecting a heavy run game. You catch them off guard early, maybe get a couple long touchdowns. Um, could could fly over for sure. I agree with you on that over. Um, that's something to just maybe do something if you want to do Jacksonville on the over. Or um, mix it in as a, a scatter parlay with other picks. But we're going to stick with, for our six-legger, having that uh, Jacksonville only from that game. The final game we want to talk about in NFL, which we think is a, has a lock potential on it, is um, the Atlanta Falcons-Miami Dolphins game. Um, Falcons coming off a bye, playing at home in the the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium playing a Dolphins team that's kind of coming off coming off a win, but it's a real crappy win. They're on the come down right now. They're definitely They're on the re- come down. Literally, <laughs> literally on the come down. Um, They're dealing with all the scandal and, and whatnot. I mean, they were barely able to beat uh, the Titans with a backup quarterback. Kind of Not just the backup quarterback, Matt Castle. Yeah, a sad Matt Castle they were barely able to beat. So you have them uh, going now on the road. Playing a uh, Atlanta Falcons team off a of bye. Before the bye, they had a, suffered a, a bad loss to the Bills. They're not gonna be coming down in flat. Yeah, um, they, they got a new uh, they got a new line uh, offensive line coach coming in this week. Uh, the Dolphins do right. Dolphins do 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 their uh, yeah. offensive line coach doing too many uh, lines. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> uh, there's just so many distractions right now going on with the Dolphins. I mean, when you have your your coaching staff doing that, that's saying a lot about what your uh, players 
are having to put up with, and your players can the players could definitely. Who's doing it? That was before going into a team meeting, so it's not just like doing it on your own time. It was interfering yeah. with the actual team. Definitely at company on company time at the job. So with that, we're definitely strong. Um, big unit play on the over in that game. The total for that game is forty-seven. We think this game flies over. One for the fact that uh, we don't think that the Miami that Miami's defense is going to be able to stop the Falcons, and we think Falcons defense is just going to trash the Dolphins and probably get a, at least a score or two on defense. And then by the time that this game is, uh, you know, into the second half, this game will be so far out of reach that the Dolphins will probably pick up a bunch of stats and scrap time. Um, to, to push this game over easily. Yeah, there's a couple of things I see in that over. One with uh, one with Falcons are going to put up numbers for sure. Um, whether it's in the 30s or 40s, they'll they'll score. Then it comes down to the Dolphins side where that new offensive line coach could cause some miscues in that offensive line, allowing the Falcons to get either some defensive touchdowns, or if that offensive line coach comes in and is able to help protect Cutler. Maybe get some drives going, get a couple of good, uh, good scores for the Dolphins. Um, so either way, Dolphins either score or give up defense touchdowns. So there'll be points coming from that Dolphins offense, either if it's for the sure. Falcons or the Dolphins. Definitely, definitely. So we're gonna put in that over. So that makes our six legger for the week. What, what's that number at right now? Forty-seven. 47. Lock it up. So our four or six legger. Is Utah State minus two and a half? Miami minus six. Memphis minus three and a half. That's NCAA football. Pittsburgh plus four and a half in the NFL. Jacksonville minus three. And Miami, Atlanta over 47. Do you see any uh, any teams we would, could potentially put on upset alert besides the Chiefs that we didn't list as any of our locks? Um, in NFL, potential upset alert. I I think that you know, unfortunately, depending on who's the quarterback situation for the Raiders, they could be uh, upset. Carr's coming back this week. Upset. I so I mean, if Carr's coming back, um, who knows how he'll be playing? Unfortunately, maybe the Chargers or the Chargers can beat him. Um, I don't trust the Chargers. I don't like the Chargers. You know, other than that, I think maybe the Redskins. Could could potentially be upset. The Redskins traditionally play uh, play just play kind of weak, and that could be a game where they uh, that could be a good one. They get caught in the trap. Niners. Niners play, Shanahan, play really close. Shanahan to used to coach it for the Redskins. Yep. I mean, they canned his dad. Yeah. So he could be uh, out for blood. That's a nine and a half point spread. A key thing to note. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it this week. There were any. I think only. Uh, only one or two times has a uh, a spread of over seven points covered this season. So um, I know going into there's last a lot this week. There's quite a few that I can see uh, this week. Go to week. Go to going into uh, through week six, or going into week six. There was only uh, two times that it happened that a, a team with a seven point spread or more covered. Um, and now last week. It uh, it may have happened. I didn't. I haven't gone through the numbers yet. We're doing this podcast a day earlier than we normally do. So uh, with that, um, I definitely could see the the Niners beating 
the Redskins. What are your thoughts, James? Um, one team that I'm going to go on whim and put on upset alert. I really want to say the Giants can beat the Broncos just because I want to see the Broncos lose. Um, but I don't see that happening. Jets were surprisingly 3-2, and 2-0 and at home, playing the New England Patriots, who have struggled. Struggled versus teams that they should be blowing out, teams that they're projected to blow out. Uh, they're 2-0 and on the road. Jets are 2-0 and at home. Jets are rolling. Um, they barely squeaked by the, the Browns last week. Um, is it three in I mean, a row for the Jets right now? The Jets, that matchup right now, it's for first place in the AFC. Bills, East. Bills got a bye week, right? Bills got, Bills a, bye got week. a bye week. This is for first place. This is for AFC. first place. So, I mean, the Jets beat New England. They're sitting first place. And the Jets, you have to think they were a team that everyone thought they were tanking to start the season. So the defense isn't all that bad. I think the one team that blew them out was the Raiders, and I think and they, they haven't lost since. If yeah, you, if you look at that, they haven't lost since that Raiders loss, so it really amped them up. And they they beat the Jaguars, who were yeah. What's the funny Jaguars is the Raiders are, haven't won since. Hmm? The Raiders haven't won since that game. Yeah, and the Jets haven't. And lost. the Jets haven't lost since that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go on a whim and, and say the Jets. If All they right. don't beat the Patriots, they'll keep it close. All right, and All a low, right. low scoring affair. Let's quickly, James, get into um, some Major League Baseball. We're in the playoff season uh, today's. Tuesday, October 10th, the Washington-Chicago game was postponed to tomorrow. So we'll have uh, two games going tomorrow. Game 5, Cleveland-Yankees in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, game 4 for Washington-Chicago in Chicago. The friendly confines of Wrigley Field. Um, I know you had picked the Yankees to, to move forward to the second round. You had also picked Boston, who obviously lost. Um, you didn't pick the you picked the Diamondbacks or you picked the Rockies last week. The Rockies obviously yeah. lost the wild card game. Yeah, I think. Uh, and I, then the, I think I said that, and I, I said uh, be Washington versus uh, versus New York in the World Series. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and change that to East Coast versus West Coast battle. Yankees versus Dodgers. I think Yankees pull away with the win tomorrow. Big underdogs versus Kluber in in uh, Cleveland. Um, I see their offense is rolling, their bats are going. Um, I see them coming away with that one. Yeah, you definitely you have um, the Yankees going off at one seventy. There's definite value in that uh, in that pick. I don't know if I don't know if I could take a team. I don't know if I believe in uh, the Yankees to win, but I don't think I could take. A team that's minus one sixty or one sorry minus one ninety uh, in a game five. It just doesn't seem worth it to me. Yeah, there's more value. I mean, you're better right. off taking the Nationals tomorrow. Right. Yeah, I think the best bet tomorrow is you take the Nationals. Um, and is the weather know, still going to be an issue tomorrow, or is the rain going to calm down? I think the rain is gone. I think it was just a night 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 light a nightly storm. Um, but I think, I mean, it's one of the games where I think they have to end up playing it tomorrow because every other series would be over if they don't play that game. You're uh, you're really sitting there waiting for for this game to finish. So, I mean, I guess looking at the weather, there is, there is some rain in the forecast, but by the time you get to 
to two o'clock, it's down to twenty percent. So it'll rain overnight, pretty much. Heavy winds, though. Heavy winds, heavy high humidity. Um, yeah, definitely. Wind's, wind's blowing in too heavy. Wind's blowing in. I mean, the over under seven and a half, right? Yeah. I don't know if I'm willing to to put something on the under. The under may be good. Seven uh, and a half is, is, is tough. Yeah. Remember last year that the the Cubs didn't close out a single series at home. They were all done on the road. So, and they did have uh, problems. If you remember the World Series. They lost two out of three games at home. Yeah. And uh, had to win the last game six and seven in Cleveland to uh, to win the World Series. If Nationals win, the Cubs won't get blanked. Um, if Nationals win, I, I could see it going over. I mean, I'm not a big fan on it. I'd rather take the Nationals. I think the opposite. I think if the Nationals win, it stays under. If the Nationals wins, that means the, their pitching p- performed top-notch and... They got a couple runs. Their bats are dead. They haven't scored anything. I'm I'm a big guy with fading those kind of trends. I think their bats have been dead. They get them going this game. They can only be dead for so long with that lineup. Okay. So um, going forward, you think it's going to be New York. So New York obviously wins tomorrow. You're thinking the Dodgers beat whoever plays this matchup. And the Yankees beat the Astros. Yep. So so it's Yankees, Astros. I'm leaning still with my... uh, what I'd like to see is I'd, I'd like the Astros to win. I'd definitely like to see the Astros. They're, they're the more exciting team to see in all of MLB that's left. Um, I think they are they have one of the best lineups top to bottom and one of the best pitching staffs um, left. And they, they have they have those sneaky sneaky players that are, are good. And, you know, seems like they have nobody who's standing out, no Aaron Judge, but they have a lot of above-average players. So... Altuve is starting to put his name out there. Altuve, Correa. Yeah, potential MVP candidate, Altuve. Yeah. Um, so you have that in the NL. I think it seems like the Dodgers are just going to roll. Um, they're going to have at least a couple days to set their pitching rotation. So you're facing Kershaw twice. You'll be facing Yu Darvish twice. Um, yeah, that Yu Darvish, uh, that getting Yu Darvish is huge for them. Right, so you're huge. facing, you know, two aces twice that's four games right there then you're probably going to get rich hill rich hill or uh, a game or a game and then uh so there you you have a, a uphill battle that you're giving the uh, dodgers this much rest so i could definitely see it uh what's it called uh, the dodgers going all the way to the world series i think in dodgers astros um world series matchup and, and then you have probably the two best pitchers in the game with Verlander and, and Kershaw going head-to-head in that one. That could be a, an epic one for the ages. Yeah. Uh, that Going back to that Darvish requirement, that that was a huge pickup for the Dodgers just because if you've watched them the previous years, they relied heavily on Kershaw abusing his arm. And that yeah. he wasn't able to, to survive through the postseason, uh, choking in a lot of games late. Now you got you Darvish. Uh, their whole bullpen is just lights out right now. Uh, Jansen's lights out, um, so can't expect them to blow any games late like they have in the past. Definitely, definitely. So um, that's kind of our what we think of baseball this week. So um, looking at next week, just you know, see what happens. And uh, we don't think there's anything worth taking Game Five of Cleveland, New York. Maybe you could take the Nationals on that. All things, all bets are off for Game Five, and we like the Dodgers and um, the NLCS 
to kind of impose their will on whoever they play. And let's real quick, James, let's talk a little NBA when we get a chance. I know the NBA season is just around the corner. Um, James is a big Boston fan. Uh, big Boston uh, blowhard. So he, if I ask him for a future bet, that's what he'll say. But James, um, besides Boston, what are your thoughts for uh, for the futures? I think Celtics win it all. Besides the Celtics, I just literally said there's no, there's nothing besides it because Celtics are winning it all. Uh, okay, no, no. Uh, real talk. Uh, Cavaliers look really good. Um, that roster is nuts. It's going to be really tough to keep up with that, even with the talent Boston has picked up. Um, not sure if I like the move from Boston's end, letting Crowder go to Cleveland. Uh huh. That guy is a fucking baller. He's one of the more most underrated players in all of NBA. Um, so you have having, to think having him, Wade, LeBron, um, Isaiah Thomas, who's not gonna D Rose, D Rose, Isaiah Thomas, who's not gonna get in until midway through the season. So it's gonna be a huge boost. Not sure that they'll even need him. That's going to be a huge boost for them. Um, if, if anything, maybe he'll be able to give them some, some insight on Boston. Right. Um, it, speaking of Boston Cavs, they open up the season playing each other. Yeah, the Boston, they start off. If you look at just if we look at the future odds, for win the NBA championship, you had, I guess you have two teams in the Western Conference really made some moves this offseason. You had the Rockets pick up Chris Paul, and um, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder picking up Carmelo and um, what's his face, Paul George. If anything, the best value I see right now is in the Thunder. You think the Thunder is sixteen to one? By far. The I mean, best I'm value. thinking the Spurs. The Who Spurs, do the Spurs get though? Nobody. Nobody. If you think about it, they they were up twenty points game one against the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard goes out. They don't come. Back, they don't look the same. Kawhi Leonard, in my eyes, is the best player in the NBA, and it showed in that series that they were, had no answer for him, and they were up twenty points, and then he goes out, and they're still getting fifteen to one. You're talking that, about man, that's good value. You're giving the Thunder sixteen to one. I don't even think the Thunder can beat the Spurs now. I've watched a couple of these. Uh, I know it's just preseason, but I've watched the Thunder a couple of their preseason games. Definitely not what I expected at all. Playing a lot of unselfish basketball. Um, it seems like they move the ball around. They move the ball around consistently. As soon as it touches Carmelo's hands, it's going into Westbrook's hands. As soon as it touches his hands, it's going into Paul George's hands. If all three of them are blocked, they got Adams down low, who is uncovered. Um, they're playing really, really unselfish basketball, and I like the way that offensive is flow- that offensive uh, movement's flowing. For sure, and I mean it. I like the the thought of the Thunder beating the Warriors. Uh, that thought is comforting to me because everyone, I think most people outside of the Oakland, San Francisco, Bay Area, did not like that Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. Um, That's one thing I, I, I would hate to see this season, another Warriors-Cavs finals. Yeah. I do think, though, the Cavs at 4-1 to is, is good odds. I mean, I think that's that, that's, you know... Getting four times your money, but I do think that you'll probably get that the same future odds if you wait until the beginning of the playoffs. Personally, if I think if, if I think uh, if you're getting a future at five to one five to one odds or less, it's not worth it. 
You, well, you can do better things with that money in those six months to make more than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you wait, I don't unless there's an injury to anybody on Golden State, the odds will stay the same. If there's unless there's an injury in any of the top five teams, the odds are pretty much going to stay the same until the playoffs start. Yeah. So there's no real. Even if they're a couple games out of playoffs, I can't see any of those top teams uh, moving that far. Here's an interesting bet if you wanted odds to win the NBA championship 2017 2018 NBA championship. Golden State Warriors minus 220. Field plus 180. Where's that bet at? That's at the West Gate in Las Vegas. That's a future worth laying the house on. I mean, you're essentially saying that... With, with the amount of moves that have been made this year? I mean, you, if anything, that the Warriors' path to the finals is a lot tougher. It is. I mean, sure. they have to play... Just to get to the finals, they have to play three finals matchups. Right. They're playing... They'd have to play potentially the Rockets, then potentially the Thunder, Rockets, then potentially Thunder, the Spurs. Spurs. Um, they may get lucky and one team could cannibalize the other team. So they're play, But they're playing two tough rounds... Which they didn't play this year. Um, yeah, they'll they, get the number eight seed. Uh, so, well, I don't even think they'll be able to get the one seed this year. Yeah, it could be tough. But I mean, that's just something interesting. I mean, you get almost two to one, and all you need is Golden State not to win. But the thing about Golden State, which scares me, is they didn't get rid of anybody. If anything, they picked up more depth to that roster. I think they got a. Uh, they got Nick Young. They got a uh, Swagster. They got the Swagster, yep. James. You know, Swaggy P's got the worst winning percentage of any active NBA player. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, um... That's, that's a good pickup. Yeah, that's that. Do uh, you have any other insights on NBA, James? Celtics future, get it in while you can. Celtics while future. While throw a couple bucks on the 76ers. 76ers. What are the 76ers on, James? What are your thoughts? Don't look. Don't look. What do you think? 80 to 1. 60 to 1. They're not even the lowest odds. I think they'll win it in four or five years. Um, this year, they'll they'll get in the playoffs this year, I think. I don't oh, think wow. they'll make a, a big run for it, especially with the with I don't the Celtics, think they make the playoffs this Celtics year. Celtics and the uh, Cavs. But in four or five years, I can see them getting a ring. For sure. If they keep that roster together. We'll see. I mean, we'll see in four or five years. Let's make it past this weekend. Let's get our units right. All right, guys, this is uh, wrapping up our episode for this week of the donation station i'm uh, lucky licko i'm junkie jam please remember to rate us on itunes and like the podcast and for all picks please follow at major league underscore cappers on instagram where we will give out all our picks including a 13 line teaser um ten this, line. sorry 10 line teaser that we'll give out on friday follow us again at major league cappers major league underscore cappers on Instagram, and like the podcast on iTunes. Thank you and good luck.